turn in God's Word this morning to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to begin reading at verse 6, and we're going to read through verse 15 this morning, but our text is just verses 6 and 7. Colossians chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 6. Let us hear God's breathed out word to us this morning. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted, built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also. You were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Let's pray. Father, your word is truth. And we pray that in that truth that we have read in these past moments, Lord, you will encourage us, you will strengthen us, that we might walk, that we might live for Christ, in whose name we pray, God's people say, amen. So three points from those two verses this morning. First of all, therefore... As you received. That'll be our first main point. Therefore, as you received. Secondly, Christ Jesus, the Lord. That's what they received. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. Our third point. As you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. As you received. What does Paul mean? Well, the word therefore also is key for us to help to understand what Paul is dealing with. The therefore is the first therefore that we have run into. Therefore, we have to go back and look at all that Paul has said. We have to look at it and say, Paul has now set the groundwork. He has set the foundation. So what? Well, therefore, this is what you should do. But in the 
immediate context rather than the whole book starting at verse 1, chapter 1. We, we could start at chapter 2. Paul is saying the proper response to those who would delude you with plausible arguments, as he states in verse 4, to those who are trying to subtly draw you away from Christ. Therefore, this is how you, as the Colossians, should respond to those who are seeking to take you from Christ. The application then being to us as well. For we deal with many forces in this world, many philosophies, as Paul will speak about next Lord's Day, and as we have read about, those, those human traditions, those human ways of thinking, rather than biblical ways of thinking, rather than spiritual ways of thinking. And all you have to do is turn on your television set and listen, and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle, it doesn't matter what letters are in front of it, what you're getting 99.9% of the time is human thought and human philosophy, not biblical truth. And all of that information that's streaming at us through the airwaves, through all sorts of different means in our society today, are means by which Satan seeks to erode our standing in Christ. Therefore, therefore, to you and I today, to the church of Jesus Christ, not in Colossae, but the church of Jesus Christ in this world today. Therefore, as you received. As you received. The word received here means as you have been instructed in. The reception of teaching that has come to you. It's the idea of receiving from another source. Now, yes, it, it includes the idea, and we'll get there in, in a minute, the idea of faith and believing it, but what, what the stress is on is that you have received certain information. You have received certain truth. This has come to you, and you have received it. You got it. A number of months ago, might even be longer than that, we, we got rid of cable. Bought one of those little antennas. Plugged it in. Okay. You receive everything in a 65-mile range. Yeah, right. As long as you got it in the right place, facing the right direction, and then if you, you want channel three, you've got to turn it a different way to get it. But you see, that, that, that antenna is receiving a signal. There is something out there, and, and it is being received in. As you have received, you've been tuned into, 
Your your antenna, as it were, is now pointed in the right direction. And the signal has come to you as you received that truth, as you received that message, as you received that communication. Therefore, as you have received it, he's dealing with something that, that has occurred in the past, in your and my past. Now, in Colossa, that line of communication was as follows. The Lord, Jesus Christ, had given the message of the gospel to Paul. And remember, at the time of Paul's conversion, there's no New Testament. There's no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're not written. They're not there. Now, he has the Old Testament, but, but even then we go back into Colossa, into the book of Colossians, and, and we read there, was, there were certain things that were hidden that have now been fully revealed. Well, how is it fully revealed to Paul? By Jesus Christ. It was by direct revelation from Jesus Christ that Paul had received the gospel message. That message Paul had taught to Ephaphras. And Ephaphras took it to the Colossians. Go back to chapter 1, verse 7. Just as you learned it from Ephaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. See, they never got the they they never had Paul face to face, did the church of Colossae. But they had Paul's message, but Paul's message is the message of Christ. As you have received the message that came from Jesus Christ, Paul is saying through me, through Ephaphras, as you have received. But the word also implies that you have heard it. Heard it deeply. Heard it not with just the ears, but heard it with the heart. Heard it with the soul. Heard it with the mind. You've heard it. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to go to verse 18. We're all pretty familiar with the parable of the sower and the different soils and so on. Listen to Jesus' explanation that Matthew records for us. Matthew 13, 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes, snatches it away. What has been sown in his heart, this is what was sown along the path. And for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful." As for what was sown on good soil, 
This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. That's the understanding that Paul has here when he says, as you received it. You received it. It it was planted deep in you. You not only heard it, you understood it. You, You understood it to the point that you believed it. You accepted it. Now we know that no one understands the word. No one believes the word. No one accepts the word on their own. It is only through God's gift of faith. So what Paul is saying, in effect, is this. God gave you faith. And by that faith, you heard the message of the gospel. You received it. You accepted it. You believed it. So in light of all that is going on, all these who are trying to take you from Christ, Remember that you received God's truth in Christ. Go back with me to Colossians 2, 6. Therefore, as you received. Well, what is it they received? Christ Jesus the Lord. They received Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, when Paul says that here, we we have to understand that in context of what Paul has told us about Christ. Right? What, What did these people receive? Christ Jesus the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means this, verse 15, chapter 1. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross. They received Christ Jesus the Lord. They received this supremacy of Christ in creation, in salvation, in the church. They received it. They they, they not only got it as information that was communicated to them, not only as the truth that was given to them, but it sunk in. They, They believed and accepted that truth of the supremacy of Jesus Christ. But that's not all Paul has taught us so far. Go to chapter 1, 26 and 27. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this ministry, which is Christ in you. That's where we were a few weeks ago, right? So it's not only the supremacy of Christ that they have received, believed, and accepted. It is also 
the truth that Christ Jesus the Lord lives within them. They have received that truth. Don't be led astray by plausible arguments. Don't be led astray by human traditions. Don't be led astray by the philosophies of this world. You received Christ. Not only in his supremacy as God, but you've received him in your life, in your heart, in your soul. But not only that, go with me back to chapter 2, 2 and 3. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is all that we need. All wisdom, all knowledge is found in Christ. Where is Christ? In us. Who is Christ? God. As you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so you have to see this. One day, Ephaphras, who, who had received this truth from Paul, who has received it from the Holy Spirit, is there preaching in that home church there in Colossae. And as that preaching goes out, goes forth, there are those who by faith, through God's grace, hear this word as seed that is sown, and it is planted deep in them. Meaning it is accepted, meaning it is believed and acknowledged. Now there's others who are trying to erode that. Paul's saying, no, no. as you received Christ as Lord, what? So walk in him. Verse 6. So walk in him. Christianity is not a past event. It is a present reality. Faith is not something you did years ago. Faith is something you live today. Christianity is not about some events of the past. It is about the living reality of a relationship with Christ now. So walk in him. That scripture, the New Testament's way of, of saying live in him, continue in him. Paul now gives us that picture from Psalm 1, right? Of the tree planted by the river's side. And, and he throws out four things now. What does it mean to walk? What does it mean to live in Christ? He lists four things. 
rooted, built up, established in the faith, abounding in thanksgiving. As Christ lives within us, within our souls, within our being, and there is this living relationship with Christ, walk with Him. How? Let's go through the four again. Being rooted. Having been rooted. An act in the past that occurred once for all. We were planted and rooted in Christ. Keep your finger here. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Paul uses the same expression in chapter 3, 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. So that Christ may dwell, live in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. In the love of Christ. The poured out love of Christ. For you, for me, for the Colossian church. Being rooted in Christ. The actual Greek word here is rhizo. Some of you who deal with plants, perhaps uh, your ears perk up and you go, oh, rhizomes. Yeah, yeah. It's where the, that's where the word comes from, this Greek word. Right? It's, it's that part of the plant that stores the energy. You've been rooted. You've been rhizomed in Christ. It happened. It happened. It happened when you were born again. It happened when by faith you received that message of the gospel as truth. That one time, once for all event. Rooted in Christ. Never, you see, to be uprooted. Oh, all sorts of attempts will be made to do that. By Satan, by the world, by our own flesh. But one can never snatch us from the hand of the Father. We are rooted in Christ. We are established in Christ. Some of you perhaps were, were to a garden center in the last couple of weeks. You got to go. You bought some plants. You took those plants home. And you dug a hole in the soil. And you took those plants and you put them in that soil. And then you put more soil around them. And you rooted them in there. You didn't go back the next day and go, hey, plant, I'll pull you out. Oh, look at that, roots, let me do this again. And then you went back the next day. Oh, let me pull you out again. 
You go, that's not going to work, Pastor Bob. No, it isn't. We're planted in Christ. I put some cages around the, the plants I got. Now I got to remove the cages. Why? Because the plants are growing. Because they are rooted. And that's what Paul is saying about Coloss the church at Colossae. That's what Paul is saying about you and I as believers in Christ. We are rooted in him. Once for all, for all time, from which our strength, from which our energy spiritually comes. John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. You have no life outside of me. It is through Christ that our strength comes. But not only are we rooted, we are also, Paul says, verse 7, built up in him. We grow. We're on a foundation that is solid because it is Christ. And now we're in this process of building. We're in this process of growing. We're in the process of strengthening, as he's going to say in a moment. We are being built up. That's an ongoing thing. This is going on, on, and on, and on, and on, and will be until the day that we die and are glorified. We are being built up. We are being fortified. We are being strengthened in Christ. Not in our own strength, not in our own efforts, not in our own abilities, but we're strengthened in Christ. built up in order that we might produce fruit. Verse 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk, live, live in Him. Rooted, built up in Him, and established in the faith, strengthened in the faith. Secured in faith. That our faith is not weakened when challenged. Our faith is strengthened. Because, yeah, we're so strong. Or we know so much. We read so much. We have so much information. We're reformed. We're Calvinists. Yeah, that's right. Where are the strong ones? We're here in church today. No, because of Christ. Christ is the rhizome. Christ is that which strengthens us. Christ is that which causes us to grow. We do not grow on our own efforts, our own abilities. That's a legalism that Paul warns and fights against, that we learn then to trust in ourselves. We learn to trust in our own ability. We learn to trust in, well, I did this and I did that, so I must be a pretty strong Christian because look what I did. No, it's always Christ. 
That's the center point of this entire book. That it's Christ living in us, strengthening us, building us up. And yet, if Christ truly is living in us, then we are being strengthened. We are being built up. We are moving forward. As we trust in Christ more and more and more. I would hope and pray that this is the blessing of COVID. You say the blessing of COVID? Yeah, the blessing of COVID. Maybe we'll get it figured out once and for all as Christians that our hope is not the government and that our hope is not a constitution. Our hope is not the U.S. economy. Our hope is not medicine. Our hope is Christ alone. I hope God's pausing us I hope God's forcing us to stop has made us think. I am completely dependent upon Christ. And if I'm completely dependent upon Christ and my life your life ought to be a demonstration of that. We are dependent upon Christ. That's what this gives us time to teach our children. If what this has done is resulted in, I'm self-dependent, I can do this, you have missed what God wants you to hear. What God wants us to hear, humbled, broken, to the dust. And I look to Him, and to Him alone, for every breath I take spiritually and physically as you have received Christ as Lord live in him rooted built strengthened abounding in thanksgiving what what does walking with Christ look like? Rooted in him, built up in him, strengthened in him, but abounding, abounding. What, what an amazing word, right? Abounding. It, it's the picture, isn't it, of, of Psalm 23, where we have that picture in verse 5 of the cup overflowing. For some of you kids, remember, remember the illustration? 
right, of, of the joy fountain, of the fountain that just whoosh over the sides. That, that's what we're to be like as Christians in terms of our thanksgiving. It doesn't stop. It just keeps coming. It bubbles over the sides over and over and over and over and over again. It's not when the little tablet wears out. No, because that is Christ in us. The fulfillment of joy. And that joy abounds in constant, continual thanksgiving. How many times in the last nine weeks have you thanked God? How many prayers of thanksgiving have you offered to the Lord? How many times have you just spent 5, 10, 15 minutes just, just thanking God for all the blessings He has given? Abounding in thanksgiving. Overflowing with thankfulness. Bubbling over. To exceed the limit of. See, there's no limit of our thanks. Right? There, there's, there's no way we can ever reach some sort of limit of the thanksgiving that God should be given. See, and that's part of the Christian life. That's part of continuing in Christ. That we abound in thanksgiving. Being strengthened in the faith. Being strengthened in the truth of Christ. Being built up in Christ. Because we are rooted in Christ. Because we have received. By faith, Christ Jesus, the Lord. Therefore, therefore, this is the truth. This is the application. This is the call. As our nation erupts in chaos... As death swirls, as unemployment skyrockets, as all sorts of opinions and views and philosophies are offered, where do we go? Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted, built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Father, I pray that these words might be true of my life as I live in the midst of that which is transpiring around us. 
That these would not be just words, Father, addressed to an ancient church back there in Asia Minor, but that your word might be the living, breathing word of your Holy Spirit. And that this glorious truth, Father, might work in my own heart and in my own life. And it might draw me closer to Christ, even as I pray, Father, that it might draw those who are here and those who are listening That, Father, we might understand that we are alive in Christ Jesus our Lord. What an amazing truth. What grace. What grace. What love you have for us. In Christ's glorious name we pray, God's people say, Amen.